This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 56. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. This episode is brought to you by my Write Your Book This Weekend program. That's right. If you want to write your book in a weekend, I would love to have you in my program. This is such a great opportunity because I don't know about you, but it's so hard to find the time and the focus to write a book or even get your first draft done. So that's why I created this step-by-step program to help you so you can leverage your time. You can basically pick a couple days in order to complete your first draft of your book. Have you thought of all the benefits of writing a book? There's so many benefits. I mean, it builds your personal brand. It can help the reader solve a problem or achieve a goal. It can enhance your visibility and your credibility. It's so fantastic on so many levels. It can also be another supplement to your current business and additional source of revenue. So many benefits to writing your book. So if you've just thought about it, I would love to help you go step-by-step and create your first draft of your book. So if you're interested in this and this is something that you would really like help with, I am a writing coach and I would love to help you along this process because you know what? I've done this quite a few times and I basically... It's a combination of everything that I've learned in the cre- in the creating as well as the publishing world. So I'm here to help you. It's a surefire step-by-step method that I can help you with and so that you can write your own book and you can achieve wonderful things and get your book published. So this is kind of like the training wheels or the kickstart to your journey. And I would love to be a part of that. So go over to my website at andreasidel.com and click on writing. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. This is where I highlight books on positive psychology and books on well-being, anything to do with self-help or self-development or personal self-health. This is a wonderful opportunity to delve into books, but if something sparks your interest, I always recommend that you go and support the author and that you purchase the book if something does you know, really spark your interest and you want to delve in deeper. I mean, let's face it, these authors and researchers put so much effort into their books and it's so amazing if we can you know read their book and really consume their content content but I also know that life is busy and that let's face it that it's really hard sometimes to to have find time to read all these books that we want to read but we still want to benefit from all the content within the book so that's where I come in I'm so happy to have you here and I'm highlighting such a fantastic book this week it's called the upside of your dark side and why being your whole self and not just the good self drives success and fulfillment. This is such a fantastic book because it has so much learning opportunities in it and so many actionable nuggets that you know what you're going to walk away with some takeaways here today. So I'm really excited to highlight this book for you. All right, so it's by Todd Kadash, PhD and Robert Bis by with 
by Wes, I can never say his name, Diener. And um, this book is so great and is definitely a really intense read. Um, there's so many documents to studies. It's really well done. They are positive psychologists. They are just amazing. And they're professors of positive psychology and everything as well. Like we are learning from the best here when it comes. It's like the Indiana Jones of positive psychology when it comes to learning from these people. So this is a great book, The Upside of Your Dark Side. What comes to mind for you when you hear that? So this book is awesome because it offers a really bold stance in that uh, our modern quest for happiness, you know, through mindfulness, through positivity and through optimism, uh, they're actually saying that it's all flawed. (laughs) And that sounds a little like profound, right? Because we're thinking, okay, we're trying to, you know, exercise mindfulness and positivity and all these things, right? And optimism, but there's a flaw within that system. And you're going to discover why, and that there is actually an upside to our dark side. And it is so powerful. Wait till you hear it all. Okay. So positive emotions can take us afar, but it turns out that we actually need all of the emotions, not just positive ones that, you know, those emotions that actually make us feel uncomfortable. We actually need those emotions as well. And, you know, for example, anger can actually really help us to become more creative and selfishness can actually help us, you know, make us more brave when we're being selfish and thinking of ourselves. It can actually, you know, foster up bravery and action and all kinds of fantastic things. Uh, The other thing is, you know, if we feel guilt about something, is a really highly effective motivator. So it shows you that there are other emotions that are really essential and there's an upside to what we so-called our dark side. So the key lies in this emotional, this social, and this mental agility that, you know, that really will help us so that we can have this full range of emotions. So the key is acknowledging all of these gamuts of emotion and allowing it to really, you know, not just be good or bad, or, you know, there are benefits in the not so great um, feeling emotions or the emotions that make us feel kind of uncomfortable. So that's what this book is all about. So in order for us to respond more effectively in situations, it's really important that we understand our, the whole reason that we have all these different emotions and how beneficial they can actually be. So I thought this was amazing because I don't know about you. I sometimes when I get sort of down or sad, I I don't like being there. It's very uncomfortable. And it's amazing how oftentimes I really try to go beeline right, right out of that feeling and, you know, do all my, my techniques that help me move into a place of joy and happiness. And, and it's amazing how, yeah, a lot of techniques and implementation behaviors can move us into a a better feeling place, but those, and you're going to discover through this book, those feelings and the emotions are really, really important. And they're actually going to help us. They can drive us to more success and they could actually help us, you know, maximize our potential. So are you ready? We're going to maximize our potential with this reality check the upside of our dark side. Okay. So the overview of this book is all that basically the authors are challenging the, that accumulating feeling that good things feel that we're feeling right now. So feeling good right now and avoiding emotions uh, that make us feel unpleasant right now are, is not the best strategy for living well. And that is the whole premise of this book. And they actually called it false happiness is when we're 
we're always, when we're avoiding those feelings that don't feel really good right now. So when we're in a place that feels really good right now, and we're avoiding the emotions that actually make us feel a little unpleasant right now, that it's not necessarily the best strategy. And we're going to discover why. And they called this actually false happiness. So this book really suggests that the promise of, it's really making a promise of wholeness. It's looking at everything as a whole and that it takes great skills kind of noticing all aspects of life and everything that life has to serve us. And then it really encourages us to think in terms of wholeness. And what they called it is this, and what they call it in positive psychology is emotional agility. And what comes to mind too is social and emotional intelligence. And this emotional agility really helps us, um, you know, look at bright side thinking, but also looking at dark side thinking as well and considering them both. And that it's all about becoming comfortable with experiencing a whole mix of emotions and that both happy and both sad emotions are really important, whether that be at work, in relationships, or in any situation that you may enter or find yourself. So science actually shows that it's important to develop the capacity or the ability to experience both positive and negative emotions and really notice them in our lives and have the capacity to acknowledge them, experience them in order to really gain well-being. And so this is so essential, right? So it's not about avoiding negative emotions, but to take the negative out of them. So not avoiding negative emotions, but it's actually not looking at them as they, as if they are negative. I mean, sometimes we do that, right? And you're going to notice, and I noticed throughout reading this book as well, and and also through the study of positive psychology, that social and emotional intelligence is so essential. And it's actually, it makes you feel, um, and gives you permission actually to be human. So it's really, really interesting, this part of the book. Okay, so then he talked about how we're in what's called, they both talked about, there's two authors, um, the comfort class and how there's a popular view that discomfort is not good and uh, it's not pleasant. And studies have shown and science has shown that this this newfound sort of class of that we're living in is all about comfort and it's all about seeking comfort and avoiding discomfort. And the class that we're in right now and the population in this widespread uneasiness with discomfort is actually the birth of why it is that we often don't like feeling this discomfort. And this comfort is embedded in our culture. Like in some of the examples they use, right, is that um, the space they, they send up rockets and in order to make um, the 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 people flying it, the astronauts flying it, uh, more comfortable as they created this memory foam. And then they bring that into our, our world. Right now we have beds made out of memory foam. And uh, so the idea is that this whole comfort mentality is embedded in our culture and that it's really about avoiding uncomfortable yet useful states. And that's the operative word there is that these states are actually useful. And so we're tending to avoid discomfort and uncomfortable 
uncomfortable states. Uh, and it's really keeping us from reaching our full potential. And so what we are, we're kind of a culture that's addicted to comfort and, you know, modern society. And what it's doing is it's sending a message that, um, that nowadays it's all about being comfortable and you want to avoid that, this idea that discomfort is, uh, you're avoiding this toxic discomfort, right? And that it's unmanageable, it's intolerable. And so I thought that was really interesting and that it's so true, right? We all want to be comfortable, let's face it. And so now throughout the book, he explores the benefits of emotional discomfort. And he really moved in this direction. They moved in this direction, rather, of um, positive consequences of difficult cognitive states. And there are positives within it. So we need to get a better uh, understanding of being able to tolerate unpleasant emotions instead of avoiding them or suppressing them because science has shown that that does not benefit us and it will come up in different ways. So the idea is that being okay with unpleasant emotions is essential and that instead of avoiding and kind of suppressing those feelings because we're from a comfort class, we really like to be comfortable in our society. And so modern society is, you you know, really programming us, so to speak. All right. So then within the book, they talked about what is so good about feeling bad. I mean, you know, we don't want to feel bad, do we? Right. We're avoiding it. We're part of the comfort class. And so throughout their book, then they started talking about, um, why it, it, why it's so good that it is good to feel bad and to have and acknowledge these this discomfort. And so they talked all about emotional expression. It exists for a reason. And the reason is because it's meant to, you know, keep us safe and it's meant to really allow us to understand it's a form of communication. So emotional expressions are basically important ways in which we communicate with others, in which we communicate with ourselves, in which we can communicate with our environment. So three typical dreaded emotions that we tend to avoid are anger, guilt, guilt and shame together and anxiety. So anger, guilt and shame and anxiety. We have a tendency to avoid these dreaded emotions. And but if you think about it, these emotions or avoiding these negative states can actually make us miss out on valuable information that they're providing for us. Like for example, fear in a situation where you could possibly be physically harmed is super important, right? And it's really important to recognize that if you gasp, for example, uh, the person beside you is going to react, right? So maybe you could have saved their life because they suddenly move in fear or they move into, you know, the stress response. So avoiding negative states is really, it could be, uh, you could miss out on valuable information, right? And so it's a form of communication. So for example, too, is like you want to, um, if we, when you feel that thrust of anger, for example, and it makes you want to, you know, um, it makes you want to 
act out and makes you more aggressive. And so one of the examples that he used is the basketball player and how he went into the change room and, you know, he was angry. And so when he came back out and he played really hard and he ended up doing really well, um, that anger drove him, that anger provided motivation, that anger allowed him to really stick with it and to like go gung-ho in the game. So it shows you that these negative states actually have valuable information and valuable um, effects to them. So for example, um, you know, with uh, feeling frustrated, for example. So when you feel like you're not moving as far along towards your goals as you'd like. So if you're feeling that sensation of frustration or disappointment or, you know, that sort of feeling, those feelings are really great, valuable information because they can help you make progress. They can help you decide to move forward with your goals, you know, or that um, I had one client actually, which comes to mind for me and I was helping her lose weight and her husband actually left her for another woman and, um, she was angry, like really, really angry. And, uh, it was so awesome because that anger served as mega, mega, I'm talking like intense motivation for her. She lost like 40 pounds. She was working out so hard. And I always joke that she was one of my most motivated clients and and I still talk to her and it's true. And, um, so that shows you that that anger and that feeling and that negative experience and that negative state actually served her to help her um, in many amazing ways. So so those feelings, right, are really important because they allow us to, um, to, you know, act. It allows us, you know, that these emotions signal that something isn't going right, that there, there's, you know, something going wrong and that it needs your attention. I love that. So when you're feeling anger, when you're feeling that sense of guilt or shame or anxiety, it's like, okay, well, what's going wrong here? Like what needs my attention? It's like such an amazing way to approach things so that you can move forward in an ineffective way. Um, and so he did have some, they did have some action tips within in their book as well. And um, so one of the tips was abandon the notion of labeling emotions as exclusively positive or exclusively negative. And that's huge, right? Like sometimes I go, oh, that's a negative emotion or, oh, that's that's a positive one. I like how I feel when I'm feeling that way. Um, so they're saying to... Um, Abandon that feeling or that notion that you want to label these emotions as exclusively good or bad or positive or negative. Instead, target about what's healthy or unhealthy within a situation. So for example, when you're in a situation that's causing you these emotions, look at what's healthy in the in the most in the moment, in the state, and what's unhealthy and what needs your attention. Or, you know, so if something's making you feel good and joyful, pay attention to what is is bringing you that joy, right? That's a really excellent exercise. And just notice what's healthy about that situation. So if you're out in nature, you're walking your dogs and you notice what's healthy about that situation, that's really powerful. So he's saying, instead of thinking it in exclusively as a positive or a negative, uh, labeling these emotions, looking at it in, as a place more from, you know, is this a healthy or unhealthy situation? Like how, how am I feeling in this situation? Okay. So then he also talked about 
that guilt is not shame and anger is not rage and anxiety is not panic. I'm going to say those again because this really resonated with me and it really shows you the upside to your dark side, right? So guilt is not shame. And then they said, anger is not rage. And how oftentimes, you know, you hear all about like anger management or like, you know, like get get your anger in control and that sort of stuff. And like, there's a negative connotation around it. But realistically, when you look at it, like anger, if it's healthy, right, it's not rage. If you look at it from that, it's like, okay, well, what is this anger telling me? Like, what is it about this situation that is not feeling healthy to me and you know what can I do about it that is so that really adds uh you know social intelligence and emotional intelligence to that situation and it's it's more powerful right and there's definitely an upside to it because you you can move into more of a growth mindset discovering you know where it is that 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 is coming from why am I feeling this emotion of anger or why am I feeling you know anxiety anxiety is not pain panic. Anxiety is telling me, you know, that something is unhealthy in this situation. And, you know, what is it? And how can I, how can I better approach it? And, and that sort of thing. So it's a little more emotional agility. I thought that was pretty powerful. So, okay. So then they talked all about, um, just paying attention to these things, like rather than uh, just use it as beneficial information rather than judging it and just kind of see it as, okay, like that's how you can focus your attention. Your attention is being drawn to this emotion for some reason. So look at what's, you know, what you're focusing your attention, your thinking and your behavior towards. It's really um, powerful, right? Empowering. So the bonus tip is that he talked, they talked about becoming uh, defensively pessimistic. And I thought this was an interesting approach and this will take work for me. I don't know about you. Okay. So rather than holding a perpetual, you know, sunny outlook, um, and avoiding negative thoughts or feelings, uh, what you do is you take a different approach. You take a defensively pessimistic approach. Um, and what you do is you kind of imagine all the things, if things were to turn out badly, you kind of think about, okay, well, how would I handle that situation? So it's kind of like you're defensive, you're prepared. So you're being pessimistic in a way that you are prepared and you're being, you know, uh, defensively pessimistic for certain situations. So instead of always like, everything's good, everything's great. I only notice great things. I'm only, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm focused on that only. It's like, okay, well, let's think about what could maybe potentially go, you know, wrong. And let's see how I could potentially handle that situation. Situation or, or look at it. So becoming more defensively pessimistic actually allows you to look at things at worst case scenario and defensively pessimistic kind of transforms what could be anxiety. It, it could transform it into action. It also creates implementation plans. So, you know, um, so you can really mitigate disaster or you can really be prepared for situations. And so that, I think I personally don't do that in enough, but I find that that is, there's definitely, um, there's value in that, right? You can think about the value. Like I think one of the examples they used in the book is a mom being prepared for, you know, in the next hour on this flight, like it's going to be hell with all these kids, (laughs) you know, but then she could be defensively pessimistic and prepare herself for it. So, um, you know, make sure she's got all the distractions and things like that. 
Okay, so then within the book, he, they talked about how uh, positive emotions can be a downfall. And this part really, really is incredible because oftentimes we think that, you know, positive emotions are important and we try and stay in that state. Uh, but the book really did show us that sometimes just being in that positive emotion all the time, it can actually be a downfall. And so what you can do to be happier is to really get Get clear on this universal assumption that happiness is desirable. I mean, we all have this, what they called in their book, a fever for happiness. And uh, it's so true, right? We all desire happiness and we desire that feeling of joy and we want to feel these pleasant emotions. But happiness is a feeling. And so the reality is, is that um, that feeling of joy or enthusiasm or contentment, we wouldn't really know those feelings if we didn't have the contrast of also negative emotions. So a happy person is someone who lives through frequent positive emotions and infrequent negative emotions. However, they still have to have those negative emotions, right? In order to have that contrast. So the reality is, is that recognizing that we, we we have this fever for happiness, but it's the whole array or this wholeness of emotions that are really important. So happy people, happier people rather, have a tendency that you they live more frequently in positive emotions and they are less, more infrequently in negative emotions. So research findings, here are some research findings and it's pretty amazing. So happiness can interfere with long-term success. And so that, this one stood out for me. (laughs) Um, So basically happy people are less persuasive and too trusting and they tend to be lazy thinkers. So happiness is actually interfering with long-term success because happier people have a tendency and they show that they're not as persuasive. Isn't that crazy? And they're sometimes a little too trusting, which reminds me of Adam Grant's book, Give and Take. And it's it reminded me of that a little bit. So, and too trusting or a little bit of lazy thinkers. And so, and the science back to this one, these ones up and there's a whole, whole bunch of studies within their book. And if you want to delve in deeper, I do recommend that you do. And then also the pursuit of happiness sometimes backfires. So sometimes people who are in these positive emotions have anticipation that that is too great. And I can sort of relate to this in the fact that, you know what, um, I probably stayed in my marriage a lot longer than I should have because I kept thinking it was going to get better. And my anticipation, um, that it was going to be good. And I stayed in those, you know, happier emotions, probably, you know, maybe too long. (laughs) So is really overvaluing happiness can actually lead to unhappiness. And that's what science has shown. So when we overvalue this idea of happiness and this emotion of happiness, that it can make us feel like we're falling short or that, Hmm, how come I don't, I'm not feeling as happy here. And we question it. So the other Uh, scientific finding or research finding is that sometimes people want to feel bad. And so happiness can basically, um, like certain situations, they call for feelings and they call for behaviors that, um, that deviate from happiness. So sometimes, you know, what is just people don't want to be feeling happiness. They actually want to be in a place like sometimes people just want to feel bad and that certain situations call for those feelings and, uh, and, 
and deviate from happiness. The other research finding is that um, people or sometimes someone else's happiness can actually impair your own performance. And I thought this was interesting, right? So someone else's level of happiness can actually impair your performance. So they did studies, right? And um, they had, uh, I think it was a, a, a teacher or there's someone describing a, a, an assignment and they described it like really, really happy. And then they had someone more like a drill sergeant, boot camp style, describing them on the assignment. And the people that had the boot camp style drill sergeant more actually did better and um, did better on their performance and so so happiness leads to um, you know more big picture thinking whereas they're saying that when you're not as happy or you feel more pressure or you're you know not not in that happy emotion that it tends to lead to more detailed oriented uh, thinking and so, oh, oh my gosh. So it shows you that, you know what, positive emotions can actually be a downfall. Who would have thought? <laughs> okay, so action tips are like view happy thoughts and feelings as a thermostat. So, you know, turning it up, turning it down. Sometimes you're going to be warmer in terms of happiness emotions and some not as much. And that it's just telling you how things are going. It's just like a thermometer or it's just like look at it as a moving organic sort of thing and that that was their action tip and so get out of your head and into your life to be happy was their other tip and also avoid trying desperately to seek these positive emotions and avoiding the negative because you know it's really important that so it's important that these unhappy states are states that we tolerate and that are states that we appreciate and that we um, can find strength in them and we can learn and be curious um, okay so then they talked about this whole section actually on mindfulness and how we have this mindfulness obsession and um, that it's that it's really actually beneficial to exercise mindlessness. <laughs> and so this mindlessness is important because we're harnessing this automatic pilot to save our mental resources. So think about how many calories we burn using mental energy. And it's so true. We use crazy amounts of calories from mental energy. And so realistically, our brain creates these cognitive pathways in order to um, save mental resources. And so mindlessness is actually really important to go on to automatic pilot it makes saves us energy and so and sometimes it's beneficial to act more on impulse to avoid mental depletion and uh, this is so profound right because we're always talking about being mindful in the moment saver and all these benefits but there's actually benefit also in mindlessness and going on to automatic pilot and sometimes it helps us with um, decision fatigue sometimes it's better to you know ask for a gut response in certain situations and uh, to make intuitive decisions instead of thinking, thinking, thinking. So mindlessness actually can be beneficial in decision making that science has shown and that we are naturally predisposed to be mindless. So interesting, right? But there's definitely a place for mindfulness and studies have also shown that too. So they're just talking about a nice balance of that. Okay, so this book took us on a whole tour uh, backed by science and it showed us, you know, why our culture's approach uh, to, you know, being happy is like programmed, right? We, we seek this comfort 
And it's actually, it's a radical revision of this, that we're really looking at things from a whole perspective and that, you know what, sometimes there's an upside to our dark side or those uncomfortable emotions. And that there's, the main point is that there's, there's, um, we're addicted to comfort and the results actually lower our immunity to negative emotions and experiences. And that these negative emotions are actually underappreciated resources that can help us. And then the other point is that this pursuit of happiness can actually weaken us and that it can hold us back from, you know, being persuasive, from being successful and that, you know, these, they hold us back on so many levels. And then also that mindlessness can actually be beneficial. So this book taught us so much and it's time that we shift from our obsession of happiness and happy thinking and to adopting a more broader definition of success that includes a whole the wholeness of us and and it really challenges that positivity bias they talked about cha- uh, po- this positivity bias within their book and how we have a tendency to be biased towards all these positive emotions and things like that and then we're avoiding um, the the other emotions these uncomfortable emotions that are very very important to us so we tend to inflate the goodness of everything and then we use we can use a wonderful tool called defensive pessimism to challenge this positivity bias and really embrace our darker side and those emotions that might feel uncomfortable. So that's it. Oh my gosh, this book was so good. It was really intense read. The Upside of Your Dark Side, such a great book. Why being your whole self, not just your good self, drives success and fulfillment. And you can definitely see how that would help us in so many ways. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.